You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. Today we talk to Sam Fletcher. Now Sam tells us that running has actually slowed him down and he means it in a good way. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I would love to introduce you to Sam Fletcher. Welcome, Sam. Hi, how are you going? Really good. Um, again, on the podcast, Sam is not someone I've met before, so it's going to be really nice for us all to find out about Sam together. <laughs> it's kind of fun way to meet people. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. He's dobbed in by other people. It's always nice. I was, yes, I was dobbed in by a good friend of mine, Benji. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ben's amazing. I love Ben. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, good, he's a really nice bloke. And he's got a quite interesting story himself. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so anybody who wants to can go and check out Benji's episode. I cannot remember the number of it, but if you search through, you'll find it uh, pretty easily. Um, All right, Sam, let's start with, I don't know, where you grew up, the beginning. So originally I'm from New South Wales, a small country town called Mudgee, um, which is sort of west of the Blue Mountains. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up there till, I guess I was 16 or 17. Yeah. And then I shifted to Orange, where I met my wife, and then we moved up oh. to Newcastle, and I spent some time in Alice Springs, and then down to Tassie. So I've been, been around all, a little bit. All over. And, yeah. I, I do know some people who've moved from Tassie. Well, they're actually from all over as well, but recently moved from Launceston to Orange. <laughs> so. Okay, yeah. Orange is a lovely, lovely spot. It's... um. Very similar to Tassie, but this gets a lot hotter over summer. Yeah. And I, I think it's colder too, personally. It gets oh, a lot interesting. colder. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when you were a kid um, in Mudgee, were you yep. very sporty? Did you do much sport? Obviously? Yeah, absolutely. So I played uh, cricket and soccer were the two. Cricket was yeah. the summer sport and uh, soccer was the winter sport. And I had an older brother who was my coach and my father coached soccer as well. And, um, oh, wow. Dad was a good cricket player in his day, bush cricket. So, yeah, um, yeah that we were always playing sport. They were always dragging us around. And, um, and I did a bit of – I did a lot of um, sprinting through – just through high school and yeah. through school, mm-hmm. um, 100 metres and 200 metres. I didn't have the patience to run any further. <laughs> I was younger. <laughs> That's changed a lot since I've gotten older. But yeah. It comes. <laughs> yeah. And do you do you remember what you thought about it? Like you know, running carnivals and things. Do you remember thinking, oh, "I'll just get this sprint over with and then move on to something else"? Or was there something like you enjoyed the speed? Or yeah, I was pretty competitive, and yeah. um, unfortunately, I had a couple of good mates that were extremely good runners, mm. um, very very quick for their ages, and um, so I picked up a lot of third places and lots of seconds yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't win very often and so, only someone was sick but uh, they were handy to having a relay we won quite a lot of relays um, so we represented up until oh, we got to a state level um, oh, wow that's awesome yeah, so that was that was probably the highlight of my sprinting career was oh. a uh, state level relay thing for the Catholic school diocese so 
Yeah, so that was, we were very, I was very competitive when we were younger. It was all about getting across the line first and trying to beat the mate. <laughs> one, of, one of my kids was quite, he's quite quick, but um, he was in the class all year, like from primary school through high school uh, with a young man, Sam Clifford, who you may or may not I know. I know that name, yes, yeah, <laughs> so yep. He was a friend of his and then at yep. one point it became, I'm never going to beat Sam. So he I, know, of, I know how he feels, yeah. So, yeah a couple I, of guys I, like that. Was just, yeah, yeah so <laughs> I've seen that firsthand. For him, yeah. <laughs> um, luckily he didn't go like, give up or anything, but it was like, yeah, no, nah. <laughs> never gonna yeah. quite beat Sam. He's incredible. Um, all right, so what did you do when you left school? So I'm, I'm a chef by trade, so ah. I sort of went from doing a lot of sport to doing yeah. absolutely nothing um, because of the being hours. a chef. You just work. That's your weekends yeah. or your mm-hmm. or your busy times, um, and. Yeah, I, I had no time to sort of all your sports on the weekend. So I sort of yeah. all that sort of stopped um, and yeah. I worked and I'm sort of a bit, uh, when I get into something, I sort of go at it pretty hard. So as soon as I started working, that's all I, all I did. I was cooking and, and working a lot and quite enjoyed that. So from that a, sort of took over. From a distance, it seems like um, that kind of work, especially earlier on, is really time consuming too. Like you, it's kind of, could be early starts and really late finishes and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, right through to my mid-20s. I mean, mm. yeah, wouldn't you'd start at 6 or 7 in the morning and sometimes you don't get home till 11 or 12 at night. Wow. So just depending on where you yeah. worked and, and yeah. the setup of the of the place and where yeah. you did dinners and lunches or breakfasts, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, very time-consuming industry. You sort of, um, it's it's like a team sport. You get you sort of the, the crew that you work with is sort of... Um, they become like a bit of a second family and you just sort of get entrenched in that. And yeah. it's all about the food and, the, and, and uh, you know, working in that environment and sort of that becomes fairly addictive and you sort of roll on and do bigger hours. And but the downside of that is uh, eventually sort of, it gets very tiresome and you get over it a little yeah. bit. So, yeah. So um, what kind of places were you chefing in, cooking in? Well, I don't know the words. I'm not very well, good. All that. sorts. Um, yeah. I did my apprenticeship. I was lucky. I did my apprenticeship in some um, pretty good restaurants. So mm-hmm. they have a hatted system in New South Wales yeah. where you sort of get chef's hats. Yeah. And I've worked in a couple of hatted and two hatted restaurants in, in my apprenticeship oh, wow. up to Orange and Mudgee. Um, yeah. Then when I went to Newcastle, I sort of went into some more um, breakfast orientated sort of day orientated places so different type of food I guess it wasn't necessarily bad food but just not that yep. awarded type stuff yeah. um, I did that um, and then I got back into fine dining for a little while um, and I had my own cafe in Alice Springs oh wow and um, that sort of GFC coincided with that so that was mm-hmm. um, pretty tough global uh, financial crisis yeah, mm-hmm. that was, uh, and Alice Springs, it really hit that area very hard because it's a very transient sort of fly-in, fly-out type of town. And when that sort of, a lot of those, we had an airline pull out, Tiger Airways went bust and pulled out. And so, and a lot of the tourists stopped travelling. So it was it was very, it was quite a challenging time. But anyway, we got through that. And then, yeah, then we decided uh, I had a one-year-old, no, two-year-old and a one-year-old. And yeah. um, we decided that, uh, yeah, that was uh, time to time to shift. So uh, we had a look around and 
Tassie was uh, very affordable. Uh, land, house and land was beautiful and it's a great state and reminded us of home and I wanted a few acres just to kind of mark around on. And yeah, uh, yeah we made the ship, sold this, made the ship down here. And So, uh, so yeah, when did you come here? When did uh, you 11 to years ago. And where are you in Tassie? Uh, northeast, so about Ledgerwood, which is in between Scottsdale and Derby. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, and are you cooking here? What's your, what are you, no, what are you, no, what are you doing here? I've been milking cows. Nice. <laughs> Strangely enough, so that's been a bit different as well. Um, yeah, so lucky enough, I live, I work, work right next door. The um, yeah. bloke next to me owns a, a dairy farm. We milk 650 head of cattle and, um, yeah, been doing that. So, Are you, you know, liking that? Yeah. yeah, no, very good. Yeah. yeah. What do you like yeah. about it? Like, what, is it the fresh air or the, you know, what is it that, that gets you? I like being outside, yeah. I spend a lot of time. Uh, in a box in, the, in yeah. the kitchen, so to speak. So, yeah, yeah I like, like getting outside and I like working with animals. I like stock, so always yeah. sort of have. Um, I've got family on my mother's, or both sides of family been involved in stock at one point or another. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. There's quite but, a thing. Actually, the other day, um, we'll just, we won't talk about running for a while. Um, the other day, <laughs> we talk about food. That's all right. <laughs> food and farming. Um, the other day, I heard a bloke on the radio who's a chef in Sydney. And it was, a new, it's, it's not new. In fact, it's probably ancient, but the concept of, uh, what is it, tip to tail? So like oh, all- paddock, paddock to plates and all well, that. Yeah, yeah, he was talking though about eating every little part of the oh, animal. Yes. Yeah, like, yep. and I just thought, wow, uh, which, you know, obviously is something that's been around actually forever, but yeah. <laughs> it was the, the terminology and taking it into a city environment where, you know, trying to- um, to get get people in a in a city who haven't really you know don't understand the farm and the land and where food comes from as well as you do when you're on the land, um, to you know embrace that you know eating every part of the animal and I, it was quite fascinating to to understand that that's now a, a thing that's become you know it's come around or whatever I don't know what you want to call it uh, another yeah it, it is interesting because I guess. Like the, the part of the animal, like just the part of a, of a cow that everyone likes being like the strip line or, you know, yeah. your nice cuts of steak make up not very much of the animal. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got, you've got sort of all this other part of the, of the, of the beast yeah. to, to consume. And, and it's just about uh, it's sort of marketing and it's just how the beef industries, um, I guess, or the whole meat industry is changing in, in their marketing ideas mm. because it's not, if you treat, it just depends on how you treat things. If you if you mm. know how to cook them, prepare them, and look after them, I mean, it's going to taste nice. Yeah, um, is the, is the reality. But it's not. It's a skill that not many people know. So, I guess the more that that the industry sort of pushes that side of things, um, it'll become mm. more common knowledge, and mm. everyone will be a lot more comfortable with it. So, it's because yeah. it's fascinating. He was talking about turning fish eyes. I think it was fish eyes, into basically prawn crackers in the end. Like yeah. this process he put it through and so yeah. he just went oh i probably could eat that but i don't think i want to eat a, a fish eye that looked like a fish eye. It it is, <laughs> yeah it was just like a funny thing going on in my head i've actually had lots of people in here who are um vegans too so they probably won't like yep. that conversation no, but, but um it's it's, yeah, it's very interesting um where food's going so do you see yourself in the future going back to some, I mean, you obviously still, you are in a food related industry like that you're doing at the moment. Do you see yourself yeah. furthering that at some point? No, I don't think so. <laughs> You've done no, enough. I, think I, I did it. I started when I was 14 washing dishes. Wow. And yeah. yeah. I finished 
um, yeah, it must have been late 20s, I suppose. Yeah. I can't remember how old I was when I finished it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've probably done enough. Um, yeah. And I, and I like, uh, just I like the family time. And it's it's a tough industry. You've got to work. Yeah. The people that do it, um, they work very hard and they work yeah. ridiculous hours and holidays, public holidays, weekends, yeah. birthdays. It doesn't, you know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. And yeah. it's got to be a real, I think, you got to do well at it. You've got to be right in it and really super passionate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you just yeah. You, I, I decided anyway that for me, I sort of I still like to cook, but I was thinking your family very lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your cafe's at home now. Yeah, well, I do a lot more cooking at home than I ever used to. It's like that old builder's joke. The builder's house or the plumber's yeah. house is always a disgrace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never no, I used to cook that. when I was working, so I never used to want to come home and work. But uh, that's changed totally. a bit. Yeah. Totally makes sense. All right. So how did you get back into running after, you know, you, you started this career in, uh, in chefing? Um, yep. How did you get back into running after? Well, running? I had a little stint. I probably had a couple of years where well, I came, when I first came out of um, chefing here in Tassie, I did a little bit in Tassie and I came out of it and I got into some, real, into some retail. I just did a bit of retail work. Yeah. For a local company down here in Scottsdale, and I was doing a lot of sitting down and mm-hmm. still eating like I would yes. normally eat. Anyway, and I was put a few kegs on basically, um, <laughs> and I thought, ah, oh, well, I better probably uh, do something about it. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go for a bit of a jog every now and again, and and just see if I get knock the weight off a little bit, because um, I'm a pretty slight guy most of the time. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, so you know, I just started jogging up the road, um, and like when I first started, like there's a bridge which is exactly a kilometre up the road from me, and I get there and I was dead, <laughs> and I, I basically turn around and almost walk home. Um, but anyway, so I started doing that, and just my sort of, I guess my competitive mindset was I just mm-hmm. sort of oh, I'll go further and further, and. Um, it must have been the second or third year of Tassie Trail Festival when it was still at Derby. Yeah. And um, I was sort of reading. I must have had it the first year. It must have been the second year maybe. And I was sort of reading about some of the stories and some people saw some media, social media, et cetera. And I thought, oh, well, I might give that a bit of a bit of a crack, you know, a bit of a goal. So all this sort of running's going in a direction for me yeah. to do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went from sort of doing nothing and I did the marathon. And um, yeah, that nearly that was interesting. Um, the trail I finished, marathon. I finished. Um, oh, I I have to thank John Cannell actually. First yeah. time I ever met John. I don't know John, um, and he probably doesn't remember. But <laughs> I I came. I sort of had done all the ascending and we were sort of dropping down, and was, I was probably ten k from finishing. And I had a job to walk, and John was John was doing the the trail king one where you do all the races. Yes. And he was his sort of last day of racing and he was standing on a rock eating jelly beans or something, just looking out over the over the uh, gully, as calm as calm, you know, perfectly relaxed as John yeah. normally is. And um, he gave me some lollies and said, ah, oh, you'll be right, because I thought I didn't think I was going to finish. My quads were wrecked and I was, oh. yeah. So anyway, he said, no, nah, you'll be right. And he gave me some jelly beans and just sort of a bit of encouragement. Anyway, that was enough and I kept running. And so I finished that um yeah so that's sort of and when i finished that i just worked out 
I sort of had had this stigma like I hate road running. Um, mm. I just get exceptionally bored, and I've done enough track running when I was a kid to yeah. um, leave that alone. So, but this trail business, and I've always liked the bush. We do a lot of fishing and all that mm. type of stuff, and I just thought this is actually pretty good. Yeah, you know, go up in the bush and go a bit adventuring, and I've got a heap of um, old motorbike tracks and single trail up near where I live. I'm very lucky, and a lot of forestry. You are in so, a perfect spot. Yeah, I can just go off into the bush. Any, so, yeah, I did this. And, and, of course, I've got derby, so I can go down on the bike trails. When it's a bit quiet, I usually go down there, although it's getting less and less quiet. I was going to say, I was there on a Sunday not that long ago, and it was like, what? This is like 4 o'clock on an after Sunday afternoon. Why are yeah. there so many people here? <laughs> yeah, um, they're everywhere at the moment. That's a good thing. I mean, when we first moved down, I could have let a rocket down the main street of derby. I wouldn't have heard a soul but now it's um absolutely oh. which is great for the people who've got businesses there oh it is yeah all that my, type of stuff. my husband and i were um we did some work for the government where we ran around and when the nbn was coming we, we did lots of workshops to help small business to grow using the nbn and because derby was one of the first places to get the nbn yeah. so that was one of the places we did like three workshops and it was 2012 2013 and um, it was before Derby became Derby <laughs> that yeah. we know now. Um, and it was so quiet. And then we left the state for 18 months and went away. And when we came back, so 2016, it was like, what? This doesn't even look like the same place that we came and did all those workshops. Yeah. And it was just no, amazing change. Just so quickly too. Yeah. Just yeah. incredible. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, yes, you're so lucky. It's your backyard. <laughs> very, very lucky. Yeah. So, and oh, look, we got, and I got, I've got the north coast and not too far from the east coast, so mm-hmm. I can go down to St Helens or Freysnay mm-hmm. or up to Waterhouse, and there's some beautiful mm-hmm. beaches. And so yeah, I'm very spoiled. <laughs> um, yeah. So what? What's I your? Guess after, yeah, yeah. No, you go. Sorry, I was going to say after then. I guess after I did that 40k, mm-hmm. as any rational sort of long distance person thinks, I said, oh, well, I'll survive that, and. The, What's next? <laughs> and so I signed up to the Gone Not Nuts 101. So that was my second race that I did. <laughs> so, yeah, and I've sort of just kept going ever since. So it's been a yearly thing now that I'll, I usually have a couple of races a year that I focus on and um, mm-hmm. I'm nowhere near uh, competitive anymore. Um, I've really changed uh, my mindset in that. Now I just, I like to be able to walk. Uh, one yeah. thing that, Derby marathon did for me was and I was completely wrecked the next day. <laughs> I was absolutely my quads were destroyed anyway. And I thought, well, if I'm gonna keep doing this, I need to uh turn it back a bit. And my goal is to um be able to walk the next day. So oh, wow. I sort of approached most of my racing like that nowadays. So I just think, well, I sort of have an A, I don't I have a rough idea of how long I want to take, but as long as I can still walk the next day, I'm pretty happy. You're happy. <laughs> Yeah. So do you think you're very like goal driven, like the motivation for you to keep running is based on that there's something to train for or are there other reasons you, you're doing it as well? Um, a little bit. It helps me stay on track mm-hmm. with, I guess, being, because uh, I'm a horrible trainer. Like, yeah, I just, I'm a feel, if I get up and I feel like doing something, I'll go and do it. So, <laughs> but I'm also realistic in the sense that if I want to do some of these ridiculous races that I do, I need to be a consistent trainer. So yep. I guess there's a bit of a trade-off on both ways. It helps keep me going outside, um, but it just keeps me a little bit more focused on 
yeah, if I don't feel like doing something, it's like, oh, you probably really should. So, yeah. <laughs> but once you get out there, it's that age, it's that sort of, you hear a lot of, it's a bit of a thing that everyone says, like, the first few steps are the hardest. Once you get out and you're moving, it's, mm. you, you're right again. You have, you know, it's, it's all set falls into place and you feel really good about it but sometimes yeah, it's just getting out the door that front that first <laughs> yeah. few steps so yeah. do you have any tricks like what are your tricks yeah to just sign up for stupid races yeah, yeah. <laughs> get fright get really scared yeah, that get, you don't want to be on that worried. start line having not done enough training yeah no um no i guess yeah like i said just know that once you get out or once you get outside you're right and mm. i like to change where i run um mm. i can get a bit sick of like I said, I'm pretty fortunate. I can just go out the back door and I've got a really nice bush yeah, loop I can do. But I find sometimes, yeah, if I'm going to Derby too much, I'll change it just to just to change things out. And when you when you get out there, you sort of like appreciate different types of bush and you're not running through the same tracks all the time. And that type I know of in the past for me, I've, I'm a bit like that too. I get a bit restless if I do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And at the same time, if I'm really busy in my life, doing the same thing over and over again is, is good because I'm not having to think about, okay, where I'm going to go for a run. But if I'm feeling really demotivated, um, and but then I think, oh, I have never run there or, or that's something I haven't done for a long time, but I loved it. I find that is a bit of a motivator, you know, to push you like doing something different, like you said, and exploring something new. You yeah, find that? absolutely. I mean, um, if you talk to Benji, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a map man. I like to get maps out and I'm yeah. always looking for, you know, these lost trails here or, or mm. you know, doing sort of finding old single track that no one's um, been on and half the time. It's not even a run. I'm sort of bashing through bush. And I'm just going to say, because yeah. my husband uh, had a life as a surveyor many, many, many years ago. And so yeah. um, his thing is maps as well. So he'll get into Google Maps and he'll look and he'll go, I'm sure we could go walk or run through there. And then we get there and I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't know what Google showed you there, but that is not, there's no kind of no. Or it could be like really steep or, you yeah. know, not really a path because he's just looking at the photo. He's not like, yeah. Yeah, but that's, I, I really enjoy that. I mean, I, I've, um, yeah, now I've sort of got a lot more with a bit of experience. At first you get a bit worried because you sort of don't know where you are, but yeah, now with the, like the, all the good mapping you can put on your phone or your watch, you can bread crumb and, you know, if you do get lost, you can sort of find your way back. And yeah, yeah. So I guess, um, yeah, fifty percent of it for me too is yeah, that sort of adventuring, sort of going out. And, I love that. I mean, we'll quite have to go up to Ben Lomond and just there's no track. Like you got one little loop up there, but you just disappear. Pick a peak and you just beeline your way, climb yep. to the top. And yeah, like some of it running, some of it hiking, but yeah, it's all that sort of yeah, just getting out and moving. Um, exploring yeah and stopping you know and just sort of uh i guess distracting your brain or just having your brain focus on on sort of that moment yeah. what you're doing where you are yeah where you've got to go and that sort of what you're thinking about so yeah which is nice and there's something really real about it like just being out in the trails or you know up a mountain or just that nature thing there's something very real when you just yeah. have to navigate yourself around this and really that's all that matters right now. And yeah, you know, and yeah, whatever's yeah. going on in the world, that can stay there. And <laughs> this is this is the world for you right now. And you're in that moment and being with that. Yeah. I think that's yeah, it's really I think that's really good. Uh, that's yeah, good for your mind, I think. Like it's good for it's obviously good for your body because you're moving, but mm. like I said, because you're just you're just worried about 
where you're walking, don't trip over that rock. Is that a snake? You know, oh, we're going up this. Oh, this, yeah, this like the fact that you're just there for whether it's an hour and a half or yeah. 12 hours. And then, you know, and you just get to, then you sort of got to gradually come back to reality after and <laughs> a big one. But yeah. Um, yeah. We'll get into what you've just done uh, recently in a minute. Yep. What is what is your normal kind of training week? Like, if you've got a big race coming up, what do you how do you like you were just saying it's quite loose really but i assume yeah <laughs> yeah I, assume you go, well, I mean got to run four times this week or whatever it is i don't know what, yeah what um so i guess i think i averaged last well, probably from december maybe probably average about 85k a week mm-hmm. so not not massive in in yep. sport there's a lot of runners that do a lot more um yep. but probably not there's a lot of runners that do a lot less, so yeah. sort of, yeah, about 85k. But usually, a month out, um, I might do something that's a little bit more orientated, like race scenario-wise. Mm-hmm. So, like the one I just leading up to the race, I just finished. Um, I did. What did I do? Three. Yeah, a month before I did a like a four-day period where I think I covered about 140k. Yeah. Over four days. Mm-hmm. And then I had sort of a pretty quiet week and then I did it again. I think I co- covered 120k, yeah. but just very condensed. Just to load your legs up a bit. Just sort of load the legs up over four days or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I don't need much of an excuse to have a rest. So <laughs> <laughs> when I, so if I do a few big days, like if you, people look at my Strava, usually if I do a few big days, quite often you'll notice to be two or three days off where I do absolutely nothing. <laughs> um but I, it just works for me i mean I, yeah. I i've sort of got enough experience now to um, you learn every day but to know roughly how i'm feeling and i'm not yeah like i, I like to bank i'm sort of someone that likes to bank energy as yeah. opposed to sort of be on that wire like some mm. people like to be moving right up to an event which is mm-hmm. you know everyone's different and, mm. and whatever works but mm. yeah That's so it works for you yeah and um and I guess with the longer stuff, one thing I've learned is I do a lot more hiking and, and yeah. just time on your feet as opposed to sort of speed work. Yeah. It's a little bit irrelevant when you're going for a few days. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> do you, when you're, um, when you're training for these things, is that the only motivation that you need? And how do you actually fit it in? Like, because it, you, I would think, um, you know, uh, working on a dairy farm, again, seems like those yeah, times of the day busy. that most of us are asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do get up early. Um, and that, that can be hard. But yeah, I, I could get afternoons sort of this, like that late after December. Mm. Pretty lucky, like the people that I work for. Um, they've got, we've got another few of us that work there. So the, shift, the shifts we can sort of, we've got a good roster and you've got an afternoon off or a morning off um, and obviously being dealt with the daylight savings there's plenty of time of an afternoon yeah um, so yeah I don't I don't find it too bad once yeah. you sort of get into that once you get into that kind of routine routine you're right yeah. yeah it's more if you sort of drop right out of it and then you're trying to get back into it so I think that's yeah. the and that's the motivation for getting out the door as well is just like oh, if you get too relaxed and it's like, oh, it's going to be harder and harder to, to keep going. So you sort of, 
once you once I get into a bit of a routine, I'm I'm pretty good. But yeah, I'm I'm a terrible trainer in the sense of I never really know how long I'm going to go for run for. <laughs> Unless I'm getting close to an event, then I might say, right, I have to do this. But yeah. in the sort of three months beforehand, I might go for a two-hour run or I might go for 40 minutes. I might just go out and just feel horrible and only go for 40 minutes. And some days I might be gone for six hours. Like it just <laughs> depends on, um, yeah, I'm absolutely terrible. I just sort of move. And then if I'm going well, I keep going. If I feel horrible, I stop. <laughs> Do, do you often run with people? No, I don't, unfortunately. Um, yeah. There's a few people that run out this way, but mm. we sort of, with people's jobs, I guess, and, yeah. and different um, goals that everyone has. Um, I'm not, it's not like Launceston where you've got a few running clubs yeah, where everyone sort of mm. can zip around the gorge or meet up at the, at the, at the shop there and go. Um, mm. And there's no park run out here, so... Not yet. Like I'm sure they probably happen. We seem to have a lot of. Well, yeah, runs. it would be a good thing. I think there would be enough runners that would probably do yeah. some park running. But um, yeah. yeah. So, but and just where I live and, and where I go and yeah, yeah, I quite often do it all by myself. Yeah. So, what does um, your family think of you? Because obviously, you haven't always been um, this long distance, ultra distance runner in their eyes, and now you are. Like they knew you before. Yeah, I guess Bell just thinks my wife thinks I'm just crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so do, so do half, half the family, I guess, really. They just sort of think, oh, well, I don't really understand why I do it, I suppose. But um, but I guess they're, they're like my mum and dad and all that, I suppose, and say they're proud that I'll go out yeah. there and do these sort of crazy things. Um, so I've always sort of done a few crazy things I guess growing up I'm sort of the, the loose one of the of the family <laughs> so um, you already had a bit of a reputation amongst them for doing not yeah, necessarily well, the ordinary <laughs> yeah yeah I guess so um but yeah so I guess they're not surprised they sort of wonder why on earth yeah you subject yourself to these things but um yeah well it's, it's one of those things if you're a runner you know you know if and yeah. if you're not, you don't. <laughs> it's funny, um, isn't it? Yeah. Trying to explain it to somebody who doesn't or has never really run. Yeah. It's kind of a different, so. it's not easy to explain. <laughs> no, what, if, what it feels it's like when you're out there and uh, and enjoying the, the trails and and the uh, the movement of your body, especially if it's all yeah. moving smoothly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and I guess that sort of sense of achievement with that, sort of self-imposed challenge of going, yeah. you know, not knowing that you can really uh, do something and then sort yeah. of, and I always have a great point, like when I get sort of three quarters through a race and I know I'm going to finish. Yeah. Like up until then, it's always a bit, <laughs> you're always you a bit nervous <laughs> and, or whatever, but I, like I've sort of done enough now, I'm a lot more relaxed and I know mm -hmm. how I'm going. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I love getting that point where you just know you're going to get to the end and, yeah. You can just enjoy sort of what you're doing. And like I said, that, that point's getting sort of quicker and quicker now. Once upon a time, I was never sure I was going to finish. Do you ever have uh, that? Well, you probably have then. You know that um, conversation in your head where it's like, this is really hurting. I don't have to do this. I'm doing this because yeah. I made myself, why am I doing this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I of, just, <laughs> I want it to be over. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that why am I doing this? Yeah. I don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then well, you keep happened. going. You still push through it. It's kind of an yeah. interesting thing. Yeah, and when you get there, you feel good that you did. Um, yeah. And I guess that's for me. I'm not. I'm getting less of that. Like I've sort of relaxed yeah. a bit. I've relaxed in the way that I 
in, in the way they run. And I mean, I just, uh, I did the um, Cradle Mountain run again this year. Um, huh? And I did it with Benji. And uh, Benji is, if I say I'm a bad trainer, well, Benji's sort of 10 times worse than me. And uh, he hardly trained. <laughs> anyway, I said to him, I said, no, we'll go out, we'll have, we'll have some fun and we'll just, um, we'll just get you to the end and we won't worry, but we'll have a rough idea on a time. And uh, yeah, we went out and did that, and we were listening. We had uh, I had my had the the phone going. We had Van Halen blasting out into the. Oh, it wasn't even like it was in your ear. You actually had it. Oh, out no, as we, a had a, we had a we had we had a go on. And I just just had to apologise all. I said, if you don't like Van Halen, you either got to slow down or speed up because <laughs> this is what we're doing. And uh, yeah, but we had a great time. It was really like I, we weren't racing. We were just out there moving, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, geez, it was a good run. And um, mm-hmm. I've sort of embraced that that side of things a lot more yeah. over the last few years. Um, the experience. Eighteen months, probably. Yeah, it's just actually enjoying that. Mm. Yeah, enjoying that experience a lot more, and, and yeah, like I said, that was a yeah. This year's cradle was was great fun. We had a, we had a blast. Yeah. You do seem to be still buzzing about it right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. It was funny. Um, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can you tell me um, what have you just come back from? Tell us a little bit about the event that you have just completed, Sam. So I've just finished the, it's called the Irrational South, and it's a 200-mile event, um, which... How many kilometres is that? That must be almost double. 325. 325. Yeah, so I think I recorded, I think, it's actually 3.30, I think. But yep. Sean, the event, I think he advertised at 3.25. <laughs> I think most people pulled up about 3.30. Okay. Um, my watch played up on me a little bit when I was in and out of aid stations that recorded a few bonus kilometres there. So I think my watch came up with 340, but I think it's more like 330K. Yeah. Yeah. That and starts in Murray Bridge. Yeah. And mm-hmm. finishes in Clare in South Australia. And mm-hmm. it's on a... It's last year to be on that trail, but it was on what they call the Lavender Federation Trail. Okay. Which is a point-to-point trail um, that goes through just rolling farmland through South Australia. So a lot of sheep country, um, pretty uh, hard on your feet. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, sort of different country to what I'm used to here in Tassie, but that sort of beautiful sort of rolling hill kind of south like long, long vistas as well like yeah a lot of big yeah. vistas and mm. yeah so mm. um and yeah so it starts there starts in murray bridge and finishes in clare um and that took me 79 hours and you and just run the whole time is that uh, a fair bit of walking um and well i, I mean you're moving bit. you're awake <laughs> uh, no i was I'm a, i was a bit of a notorious uh pest when it came to aid stations <laughs> so i think i got the record for eating the most ham and cheese toasties um oh. we had about 15 or 16 of those over the event Go you. um and i'd just roll into an aid station and sit down and have a chat and take my shoes off and i, I wow. spent 16 i spent 16 and a half hours in aid stations so that's amazing it's been a long time <laughs> So you made lots of friends. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Once again, like I said, just that whole, um, it's a great event because it's so long. Mm. Uh, it's Some people took 98 hours to finish. But, wow. So um, those poor guys that out there for long, they would have been so hard. Um, 
prepared to stay out there for that extra mm. time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But um, no, it's a great event because you, um, so there's a lot of, some people sleep. I slept, I slept for eight hours. Yeah. Um, over the, in like sort of one and a half hour blocks. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, you sort of leapfrogging people that aren't mm. sleeping or you're catching others that are sleeping. So I, I've spent time with probably maybe 10 other runners and like good mm -hmm. quality time, like 30, 40 Ks with different people on the way. Wow. And I like a bit of a chat. So that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, yeah, met some really, good, really cool people, some amazingly, um, you know, like strong runners like Andy Hewitt. I don't know how old Andy is, but he's done, he couldn't tell you how many hundred miles he's done. Oh, he wow. finished. He actually finished in front of me. So, and some amazing strong um, female runners. Um, just yeah, just really good people. And it was just just <laughs> having a chat. Uh, Twenty nine. COVID's been um, a bit of a pain in the neck still. So mm -hmm. we had twenty nine. There was fifty signed up and twenty nine ran it. And I yeah. think twenty six finished. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. pretty good finishing rate, though. Yeah, for that sort of event. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they're pretty generous with the cutoffs. Yeah. Um, but like I said, having said that, well, they're still out there for so long. So wow. having the generous cutoffs can like still be very difficult because <laughs> you're oh. just out there for so much longer. You can keep going and going and going. So oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, what was it you loved about that kind of event? What is is that the first time you've done that sort of? I guess it's, it's multi-day, really, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. the second time I've done it uh, mm -hmm. or tried it. The first time I, I did it, I um, had to pull out it after about 170K. I had, yeah. some, I had severe tendonitis in my left leg and then my, because of that, my right calf just yeah. um, decided to explode on me and make mm -hmm. it very difficult. So I got halfway through that race, yeah, last year. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was sort of a bit of a, Sean gave me the opportunity, the race director gave me the opportunity to come back, yeah. do it again. So sort of said, oh, well, I better, better have another crack at it. So, yeah. <laughs> if I have to. Um, yeah. But, and, but like this whole social side of things. So um, Belle, my wife, she, she does all my crewing for me. Excellent. And um, she was uh, very apprehensive the first time I said, we're going to go and do it. She sort of mm -hmm. said, oh, you know, it's a long time. And, I'm just going to be going from A station to A station and she's sort of a bit worried about, I guess in the shorter events, she don't really make any connections with people yeah. because you're sort yeah. of in and out of an A station 10 minutes yeah. and then she's got to take off to go to the next one and mm -hmm. being a quicker race, she's sort of not with the same groups of people all the time. So, mm -hmm. um, but this was completely different because we're out there for so long. Um, she got you'd meet the other crews and you'd come into the A station and that everyone would be like everyone's crew would be jumping in, helping whoever came into the A station. Yeah. So um, she had a great time and she met some really nice people. And that's what I like, that's what I love about these longer events is that you spend so much time with them and you're sort of in this um, mm. self-imposed kind of situation where you've got this ridiculous distance you've got to cover but um yeah having a shared experience yeah that's yeah. real shared experience even though it's a very individual because that you're yeah. all still having a very individual experience of it but it's a real shared 
yeah. thing, isn't it? Um, and the and the guys that run it, like uh, Sean Kayser and um, Michelle and Hamlin and um, the other guys, sorry, I forget anyone's names, <laughs> um, but um, they're amazing. Like they just, it's it's a really, yeah, it's hard to describe. It's just a really sort of great group of people, and, and you know they all like a beer afterwards, and, <laughs> you know, and everyone comes down. The other thing too is like you got some runners, uh, the lady that won it this year. She, phenomenal she she did it in um melissa she's from new south wales she's in 62 hours wow and but they were all still down there when the 90 hour finishes yeah. came yeah. in you know welcoming everyone in because oh. they just know how hard it would have been for them yeah. so you know you got this great finish line and yeah just everyone just sticks around and yeah it's yeah. good fun yeah oh you make me yeah. want to go do it yeah. I don't know if I really <laughs> <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely worth it if you if you it's a it's a big commitment. Um but you learn a bit about yourself too, like sort of yeah, you know. Um you've got a you have you have your really good moments mm. and, and you have your sort of where you're kicking stones a bit, sort of going, This is ridiculous, where's the next aid station? <laughs> we had um, we had Pat Farmer on and he said one of the things that he loves about the really the longer distances is that it breaks you down and then builds you up again, which I thought was quite an interesting way to put it because that is yeah, how it definitely can does. <laughs> and it's funny what you, what I sort of what funny what your body does to you. I felt really good, sort of almost the same times of every day, and mm -hmm. I felt really bad, almost the same time <laughs> every day. Like I said, if I had an aid station every seventeen k's, I would have been pretty happy, I reckon, because um, <laughs> that was the. <laughs> That was sort of my. That's what I sort of started no. to get a bit grumbly. But um, Aww. but the first like the first two days, the second night was was tough. Mm. The third night was you sort of virtually sleepwalking. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I had a, I had a really I had a lovely um friend come up from Victoria Jazz and she paced me and um she was sort of I didn't really know Jazz very well. Uh, she's sort of a mutual friend yeah. um, through Benji and John, mm -hmm. and she's a physio anyway. And she I was talking to her when we did the Cradle Mountain Run, and she said, "Oh, what are you sort of doing?" I said, oh, "I'm thinking about doing this. We're doing this race, and Mrs. Cradle's a bit of a training run, etc. I'm just going to hang out with Benji." And she's like, "Oh, I'd love to come pace you." And I said, "Oh, well, that'd be that'd be great. No worries." I'm sort of not thinking much Anyone? of it. Yeah. She, but anyway, she she finished work on the Thursday night, drove nine hours from victoria to where i was at the aid station had a few hours sleep and then got up and, and joined me from sort of about the 140k mark or something oh might have been a little bit further than that i think she did about 98ks altogether oh, so it was wow. a bit further than that but yeah just and just paced me for, for over 90ks and um, wow. and that was great too i got to know her really well and she was amazed um at uh the lunatics that were out there doing it and she had a really good time as well and, I, and that was a good thing too being able to sort of uh her to be able to experience that because of what i was doing if that yeah. makes sense like, yeah yeah um, so you gave her the opportunity without even having to you know commit to entering it or whatever yeah, in the future so, she could still see what it was like without doing the whole thing. yeah so that was fun and she's an extremely talented runner mm. like she's a very very good runner but um yeah it was really good she got a, a she got a lot out of it and yeah like she said she said oh well i don't think i'll be doing the i'm not built for overnighters so <laughs> came to the conclusion that 100k is probably a really good distance and that's mm -hmm. probably true too <laughs> quite a but, different um, experience i imagine that 
you know, running through a 24-hour period, let alone, you know, 60, 70 hours. <laughs> yeah. Quite different. Um, so you, you said that they wouldn't be doing it on that track, on that trail again? What's yeah, happening so, going forward? Uh, so going forward, I think originally, the, the original uh, vision for it was to be run in the southern Flinders Ranges. Mm-hmm. We had a Hubert. Have you heard of the Hubert 100? I have. I have heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was running at the time that Sean uh, decided to do this, and that's now that's now finished. So Sean's been able to sort of shift shift it into that that sort of area, and um, he's going to be running a 200 and a 100 miler, um, like at the same time. They're both point to point. And it's sort of more based in the southern Flinders Ranges. It's all yep. so they've been more hilly, more. Oh, more I think it's got about the same amount of elevation gain, but I think it'll be a little bit um, uh, easier on the eye. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I think some of those that sort of Flinders Ranges area is a lot prettier, and yeah. a different kind of uh, bush to to what sort of the um, one that I've done is like. Um, yep. It's it's a bit of a slog. It's because uh, like I said, it's sort of sheep country. So it's sort of, yeah. it is pretty, but it, it's mm. definitely, um, it's definitely hard on your navig- navigationally speaking, um, because it's not, I think the southern new one will be more of a trail, it'll be more, yeah. it's because it's on parts of the um, Mawson and, and Hyacinth trails. Mm-hmm. So very, a lot more walked, whereas yeah. this isn't, yeah. yeah, traversed that often. So, you know, some of the navigating at night, it's, it's a hard race in the sense that you've got to um, think about where you're going all the time. So yeah. a lot of people got lost <laughs> for just missing turnoffs and, and that type of stuff. But, I mean, I was pretty lucky. I think I only missed two turnoffs and I worked them out pretty quick. So that was all right. But, um, yeah, so that side of that of the race that I've just done was also um, very hard. Like, just thinking, am I in the right spot? Because the markers are sort of few and far between, yeah. and it's sort of in a paddock, and you don't know what there's a sheep trail here, and you sort of follow that, and yeah, so that side of the race is also pretty difficult. So, but once again, I don't, I don't mind that. I like, I sort of like the challenge of going where, where are we going, and that, yeah. like sort of the adventure type thing of it, kind of part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you're planning to do it again, that one, when they, because they'll be moving it. To well, I wasn't place. going to do. I wouldn't have done. <laughs> The lavender again, I don't think. But yeah. now that he's moved it to the Flinders, uh, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, just mm. let's see how we go with work and and timing and all that type of stuff. He's got two others. So there's one in New South Wales and there's another one in Western Australia. Sounds um, like I I feel like somebody that I've spoken to who also does silly distances, um, like multi day times, has talked about it. Um, yeah, yeah, because they were talking about Western Australia and all sorts of. Yeah, the, pro- the delirious. Yeah, uh, I think that's yeah. because it's a Celine name. <laughs> yeah, the delirious West. Yeah, so um, that's that was the first one that Sean launched. So that was sort of that's a lot been around for a lot longer. Yeah, this took COVID killed the first one, mm-hmm. and um, then the second one there was only about sixteen entrants in the second one because oh. COVID again because it was yep. still going. Not a great so time for events. Yeah, took took sort of four years to really get get it up and going or three years mm. so mm. I might but put yeah Sean, Sean's a, a 
got quite a few events, but he's sort of doing this thing as part of a triple crown. He's sort of got the three 200s. Yeah, actually, and, that's um, how somebody talked about it, like the triple yeah. crown thing. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I think it was Kirsten in Melbourne. Oh, Mapleston, yes. Yes, it was Absolutely. Kirsten who told she, me about she that. Ran, there you go. <laughs> she was there at the She ran Irrational. So she finished yeah. in 98 hours. She, her, she, her and yes. uh, a girl from Queensland, Sammy Cole, I think her name was, they both came in. They were the last two that rolled over the line. Well, but I was yeah, going to say to you, when you said it, I was going to say, well, one of the people I've talked to, she's talked about, um, you know, doing these multi-day events and her only thing is to just make the cutoffs. Like that's what, that's her main goal yeah. in the race, obviously to finish, but yeah. she wants to make the cutoffs in these big ones she does all over the place, all over the world. Yeah. So, yeah. But no, she, and, and like I said, she's, uh, she did amazing. Like she, she, Easily did it, like even yeah. though she sort of only came in with two hours to spare, but she was always going to finish, if you know what I mean. Yes, and, um, I do. I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. because uh, I've actually got a really funny photo. Someone put a funny photo up of uh, Kirsten and Sammy, and they're both dirt napping, and they're both oh. uh, they're just both lying on the side of the track, sound asleep for ten minutes, snooze. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, all, all sort of someone sort of said, What would you do if you came across this in the bush? You sort of turn around and run away because you wouldn't know what was going on because I just passed out on the trail. Is she a bright colored clothes on, like because she yeah, usually yep, wears yep. something pretty bright. <laughs> yes, she did indeed. Yeah, oh, no, she's awesome. a really nice lady, and that's what I mean. You get to meet these people, yeah. and they're just characters. Um, and um, and the girl that she finished with, Sammy, she she literally came down <laughs> if you. Look at some of her interviews at the end. Like she was just wearing normal runners, and she's just like one of her classic. Like there's a classic quote where she said, "I didn't know you could buy fancy shoes to do this stuff." You know, <laughs> oh <laughs> like uh, so she she did this crazy event in just like a pair of road runners. It was just oh. like yeah, it's like oh wow, and she's sort I... of um, she's borrowing people's jumpers and yeah, but she still finished. You know, she still got That's to amazing. the end. Yeah, yeah, so that was, um, I would have thought you'd even have like multiple pairs of shoes, like you'd even change yeah, shoes well, yeah, during most the people, race. Most people, yeah. most people do. <laughs> the poor old Sammy over, overlooked that sort of aspect. Oh, of thing. Wow. Like I said, she did an amazing job. She finished, yeah. and um, and her and like her and Kirsten never met before, and like oh. they sort of finished, and they're like, you know, the they're best buddies now, I reckon. Yeah, yeah so. Um, yeah, that's incredible. Really, that's what's and that's what like right. that's what I mean about sort of this these events. They're just um you just meet some characters. Yeah. It's just so funny. It's just um and that's, um it's been quite a theme actually on the podcast uh, that people talk about not just runners, but like runners generally tend to be friendly. Um, but especially out on the trails, and whether it's because you're actually at a little bit more risk marginally when you're out on the trails because it's easier to fall or easier to get lost or whatever, that you kind of need to support. There's a bit of support and stuff going on. Yeah. And it's not about yeah. just racing as fast as you can. And one, you know, just, you know, only about you and you're getting to the end of the race at a certain time. There's a lot more, it feels like sportsmanship and, and care and all of that. And as a result, yeah. maybe it attracts people um, who are more, more that way inclined and they're just really friendly and yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's like, where like a lot of my attitudes changed mm. like you know the longer you go you sort of realize that um but yeah you're not really right like you're not really racing the person next to you because it is so long and you you just really it's your own challenge yeah. where you finish is where you finish. everyone's got their own goals and um but like i said you're sort of also out there 
and you will spend time with someone or slow down or speed up or, or whatever. And it's not a big deal because it's sort of a bit of a 50-50 thing. Like you want the company to yeah. keep yourself moving and they're probably a bit the same. So, yeah. And then also takes your mind off the trail. You get to, you know, meet people and learn things and, um, yeah. yeah, like just have these great discussions and, yeah, it's sort of like a little microclimate and, and you just ne- you'll never get that anywhere ever again. So, yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when you are out there running, what's going on in your head? What sort of things do you, do you think about? Not much. Um, Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess I just I, mainly what's happening like at that time. So I'll be looking at, you know, just taking what's around me or battery over is interesting or, or, or whatever, that sort of stuff. I don't sort of go um, down too many sort of psychological rabbit holes. Yeah, rabbit holes. I think yeah. Much about myself. Um, yeah. You try and be right where you are, basically. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, of yeah basically. Yeah. Mm. And I try not to um I try not to think I usually only focus on the next aid station as well. Yeah. Like I don't like to think because especially with like some of these longer ones, like you've done 150k and you sort of go, oh, so it's still got a hundred and sixty or hundred and seventy to go, like not even halfway. <laughs> so that can be and if you're feeling bad. That's yeah, just, you're having a bit yeah. of a bad patch and you, and you sort of commit that to your mind, it's ne- never a good thing. Um, so I just focus on, I just like to stay with where's the trail, where am I? Oh, that's like, yeah. and some of the landscape, like there's all these um stone buildings, yeah, that are all sort of falling down and they, and they look amazing. And I just mm. sort of, you know, and there's big, great big stone walls, and I just sort of think, you know, some poor bugger built it like they're out here you know hand laying or, yeah. so that that's sort of where i go i suppose mm. sort of just look at what's happening around me or mm. or, or whoever i'm with what if the, what they do for a living or you know that type of stuff you yeah just chat to them about that yeah now, so very much sort of what's happening like right in your there. environment yeah like yeah. that yeah i love that i yeah. often spend time admiring nature like at the trees yeah. and looking at the rocks or something um to always takes my mind off it off what i'm doing if it yeah, if i'm feeling i get distracted oh, yeah, mushrooms. i've got thousands of photos of mushrooms They're fascinating aren't they <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, of that's what it's like you know that i'll what's that saying oh look a bird you know i just yeah. get distracted like right. you know stop and yeah and yeah i've got videos of snakes and oh awesome um tazzy devils and all that you know oh, I just I get distracted that. by whatever's there like I've stopped. Uh, I try not to pay too much attention about um, how fast I'm, I'm going. Yeah. All that. So I used to, but now I've actually I've taken worked. that bit off my the initial display on my watch. Yeah. Um, so I don't see the pace at all. Yeah. Until and later, I, I, and then I'm like, ah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit the same, and I also stopped like the one k, like the yeah got got rid of that as well because yeah i need to do I that found, i was like oh that was slow or you know like you just and it's a bad yeah. habit you just sort of exactly now i just nothing beeps now and if i want to have a bit of a look i might but i don't yeah. look very often yeah no so. it's perfect i love that yeah <laughs> well just be out there that's what it is just yeah, being there much. at that moment <laughs> yeah um how long do you think you'll run for sam uh, oh, well, I probably won't stop now, I don't think, for out of sort of... Uh, well, not not next week, but... <laughs> uh, uh, it's sort of a lot. It's a bit of a lifestyle thing now. It's gone from yeah. 
like uh, like I said, losing weight, and and now it's sort of I get to that point where you know Bill will say you need to go for a run. If I haven't, if something's yeah. happened, I've been flat out at work or or whatever, mm-hmm. and I, I haven't been out for a while, she'll quite often say uh, keep, you need to go for a run, and <laughs> off you go because you're annoying. You're like you, you know, and and it definitely yeah, I, I find now that uh, it's just something I've got to do to keep. Whether it's twice a week or five times a week, it doesn't. It's just I've got to do it at some point. Otherwise, I, I find I've just uh, I get a bit negative or, or whatever. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It sort of must be. Yeah. You sort of get this weird pent up energy, mm. I guess, but mm. it sort of doesn't come out the right way. So. Um, so so yeah. forever is your answer yeah. until as your body. As long as I don't hurt anything, yeah, I'll be right. <laughs> so don't do. That's where that um. Yeah, not going flat out all the time is a good move. Yeah. You're less likely to to hurt things, I think. <laughs> That's yeah. how it works. And it, even just and even just moving like that whole sort of adventuring type of thing. If mm. it's not a run, you know, I'll just go for a half run hike somewhere. And mm. quite often, uh, like yeah, if I'm not not feeling a run, I might just do. A, I might. I know the bush around here pretty well and I might just sort of go point to point and I'll just sort of bash through the bush and go over the top of the yeah. hill and try and yeah. drop down, find a road that I know that's yeah. there. My husband's like that. <laughs> he just that disappears you know? yeah. into the bush. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that, that side of things I think will, um, will, yeah, I'll be doing it for a while. My kids are getting older now and I want we want to take their, their sort of, getting to the point where they should be able to carry their own packs. And, oh, um, excellent. Yeah, so we, start, we might start doing a bit of... Um, Bit more peak bagging, and we, you know, mm-hmm. we want them to do the cradle. We want to do cradle, but yeah. we want to do, you know, the whole experience, mm-hmm. do all the go up Osser and do do all that. Yeah. Um, the girls were about mm, eight or ten when we started taking yeah. them on because we do bushwalking overnight yeah. once. Um, they were about eight or yeah, eight to ten, I think, when we yeah. took them on the you know three three day ones, two nights. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. Those so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so they're. They're definitely um, they're a little bit older than that, so they yeah. should be. Yeah, next few years we'll start. Amazing to, um, what they can do. <laughs> yeah, well, they come for big day hikes. Like we've pushed them. I think I've done. We've done a couple of fifteen or twenty k yeah. walks with them. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's always great fun. And I drag we drag them up ridiculous mountains. And but when they get to the top, it's always you get to the top. It's a good feeling. Even, uh, when, even the kids love it when they get up there. So. Our kids, I, I can remember because we've been doing it since they were a little, little younger. Um, you know, it was that, oh, are we there yet kind of stuff initially. Yeah. But now, well, actually, the youngest, my youngest is like eight, 18 now. And on the times, I can remember maybe it was 16 or 17 or maybe 15 even. Anyway, when they were just like always way ahead of us, like yeah. suddenly it just becomes this switch where they become, you know, the trailblazers and we're just following along. <laughs> wherever we're going it's quite a nice now i'm looking forward to that and my youngest uh my oldest isn't uh she's not that keen on it but my youngest she's she loves that she'll run down the i quite often go she'll go right we'll get to the top and she'll go right we're going to run and she likes running down the hills and jumping off the rocks she's a bit more adventurous so oh that's awesome that's always good fun too as long as she doesn't she had a couple of good stacks but anyway you live and learn (laughs) (laughs) They happen. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's less um, less dangerous than mountain biking <laughs> when it yeah. comes to stacks. <laughs> yeah, they bounce pretty good when they're little. Just when it's you get so older, awesome. they bounce real good. It's so true. All right. Um, tell me, Sam, how do you think 
running has improved your life? If like, if you had to choose one oh. thing, what would be the one thing that is better now that you run? Oh, I'm just more relaxed, I guess. Um, oh, I guess when, well, just the type of work that I've always done, it's always been pretty intense. Um, Pressure. Very mm. focused and driven and mm. long hours. And it's really slowed me up um, in that sense. Like I can get, I get out in the bush now and I don't worry about Mm. where I am or where we're going or yeah. you know that so whereas once upon a time like I remember when I first started um geez, well, I had a friend come down and I sort of I noticed it in, in myself a bit and uh, I had a friend come down and we we're just doing this sort of short little walk I might have been around the anchor stand for Paul's Falls or somewhere like that yeah. and um and I was just sort of powering along you know just sort of walking just trying to get back to the car park sort of scenario and he's sort of just taking photos and saying and he just said slow down and i sort of i didn't sort of realize it but now that you look back on it like yeah i was just you know very uh almost you know neurotic just uh, we've got to do this trail and get back to the car and then we'll yeah. go to this spot and, whereas now like i've just completely yeah, just slow down mm. so much. Whereas well, I can just walk for three days. And it's <laughs> it's and like that li life yeah. not is happening right now, but we speed through it so much that we miss yeah. it. If you yeah. know what I mean. It's like the journey is the is we're not going actually the destination is actually when we die. So we don't want to be in that much of a rush to get there. And yet that's what we're all kind of rushing through life. Probably very yeah, that's a good way, way to, put to put it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's right. And I know exactly what you mean. Like that's, yeah, yeah I sort of, so yeah, running for, for that and or just getting out in the bush mm. and, mm. And, and walking or running and with, with the family and friends and that now and other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's, yeah, I've slowed down a lot and just yeah. gone uh, and just switched that kind of thing of, of worrying about what i'm doing next you know yeah uh, i guess yeah, yeah just, so that's what that's what it's done for me i guess would be the easiest way to describe it is yeah, yeah it's sort of brought me back to yeah where i am and like i said when i when i run i, I don't when i'm am out there I, I, I don't think ahead of myself anymore or just yeah. like i'm just looking around and that's a rock that's a stick i'm up this we get up top of this hill and i wonder what we'll see so <laughs> you know that that's what it's done for me which is which is a good thing because yeah i was sort of always very uh yeah just full on. <laughs> full on yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you no, come to tassie for the slow life and to run yeah <laughs> run in the and bush it's worked yeah. a charm it's a, yeah. it's a beautiful place yeah well you do seem yeah. very chill to me in our conversation here so that's lovely i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> you're living yeah, proof. I don't know whether my obviously my poor long suffering wife, but anyway, she'll uh, but I think she'd agree. Yeah, I think I've definitely uh chilled out a lot. Yeah, yeah with the running. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um is there anything about running that you would like to share that we haven't touched on? Ooh, uh good question. Uh no, I, I don't know. Um, I, I guess what I would say to someone that is half thinking about doing like any like thing with running, I guess like people would look at me and go, "Oh, you know, you you do these really long 
things and, and that must be difficult. But I guess it's all relative. Mm. Like I said, when I first started, like that one car out the road almost killed me. Yeah. So I, I guess the, the good thing too about with running is you can always find something that's going to be uh, achievable. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you don't get there, you still learn a lot like mm. along the way. Like the first yeah. time I did it, I only got, you say I got halfway through, but it was still 170K. So, wow. um, <laughs> you know, I learned a lot over yeah. that journey and yeah. um and i wasn't that disappointed i was a little bit disappointed in the finish but it was still a very good experience so yeah i guess that's a good thing uh, you know so don't for people just to say well you know just have a crack at something it doesn't have to be, can be epic an epic big thing <laughs> yeah but i mean 2k could be epic to, to yeah. whoever yeah. so you that's know true. Yeah. yeah so um don't i guess don't look at other other people mm. you can admire you can admire what people do but don't get too caught up on saying well i wish i could be as good as them or or comparing yourself too much but i guess it's sort of like for me it's like the the um the idea of what they've done and just applying that to to um what you can do and and um yeah just pushing yourself to try and do something you know get out there and just um because, yeah, you never know where you end up when you start doing it. Because I didn't, when I first started trying to lose some weight, I, it wasn't, I didn't think I'd be running 300K. So. That is amazing. <laughs> I love that. Um, what is your next goal? Just before I get your last run. Yeah, I don't know. Good question. I haven't thought that hmm. far yet. Because um, yeah, it's only so. been a week or so since you've done that big, long one. Yeah, yeah. And we had a we had a really good time. Um, my kids were with the grandparents and then my wife went right down around the York and oh. did a good drive around the York Peninsula and right up into the Southern Flinders Ranges, which is really nice before we oh, come sweet. home. So, um, but oh, I haven't thought that there'll be something, of course, uh, <laughs> that'll, that'll pop up. But usually my things, I look with the races I do and whatever, it sort of just depends on when I'm working yeah, and when I've got time off and when we can sort of fit it into yeah. the whole family schedule because my mm-hmm. wife's a teacher so yeah it's always handy to do things in school holidays and, and that type of yeah. stuff and yeah just depends on in. how work fits in so yeah. but it'll be it'll be something i mean i'd like to get across to western australia and have a look at that um but yeah like this new one in the flinders ranges will be interesting as well so <laughs> i think i'll still do some long stuff but yeah it just depends yeah. on on work and and, and what have, what's happening yeah. yeah all right well before i let you go give us some tips i know that uh what you said a moment ago too was a bit like a tip for some beginner runners yep. but um <laughs> give us some tips for some beginner runners and you can reiterate what you said before if you want to yeah just um yeah i guess just get out there and and i guess try and uh work out what works for yourself because it's just so much stuff uh you can go online, you can go into shops. I mean, people like Jono and Amy, yeah. and like they're full of it. They're really good people Mind to talk defeat. to. And mm-hmm. They say the same stuff. Look, mm-hmm. you've just got to, if some people need a coach, other people mm-hmm. don't need a coach. And I guess just, but make sure, I don't know, make sure you're having, having fun with it, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, like at the end of the day, like it's only a time, it's only a, a yeah. number, like it doesn't matter where, whether you're, 
win or lose. Like mm. it doesn't matter where you finish. Um, the problem with time this is just very philosophical. But the problem with time is that eventually you'll hit a time that's your upper thing. You won't know when that is, so you don't know when to stop going for that. That's what yeah. I found in my sort of 30s when I was a bit more quicker than I am now, like a lot quicker. But no one ever told me this is the fastest you're ever going to do a marathon when on the day I did my fastest marathon. And nobody, you know, told me yeah. this is the fastest you're going to do a 10, you know. So you don't know. So it's kind of when you do, chase, unless you're an elite runner, when you do chase those all the time, it's kind of like a never-ending. Yeah. And I think that's a good distinction mm. too, unless you're an elite runner. And I mean, mm. they do things for different reasons. Yeah, um, yeah that's their job or that's yeah. you know that's that's what they're doing uh so yeah like for me like i said now just if i can walk good the next day I'm yeah, i love happy. that i, I love that as like a goal push too hard it's amazing and um and yeah and and also if, you, if you're going to go and do these things um yeah talk to people on the trail and because you can meet uh that's something that i never ever thought you get out of it out of running is yeah. you sort of it's a bit internal like you do this because you want to challenge yourself and individual sport yeah <laughs> which is great and it's there and it's always part of it but yeah like the other side of things that i've met some awesome people and like yeah. you know, i met benji through trail running and yeah. um john amy and jono and you know some really and just some absolute characters and yeah. um and you know you just sort of and they amaze you what they can do like like um like melissa who won the event that i was just in she did in 62 hours and and she just she's just this um unassuming yeah um nice lady and and mm. off she went she just took off <laughs> and never stopped and just absolutely and it's just amazing wow. you know like the, just amazing and she won the race outright she beat everyone that's so, amazing and i think I think the lady who came third, Catherine McMillan, she, she's from New South Wales. So I think, I oh know she's Victorian, I apologise. And she came third outright, I think. So, Holy yeah, moly. I think, yeah, Go so, girls. Yeah, they were, yeah, they're cute. <laughs> and this long stuff, oh, they just, we're, um, they got the brain for it, I think. We're, we're, some some of us boys are a bit of a sore when it comes to certain things. We, <laughs> I kind of thought, because I was a sprinter when I was younger, but then I had kids and then I became a marathon runner. <laughs> And I thought maybe it was having kids maybe, you know, put up with a bit more pain or something and just yeah. push through it. But I don't know if that's really the case, but it's just what my head was telling me. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess that's what I'd say. Yeah, talk to people and, mm. and just because um, some of the, yeah, the relationships you get out of um, being around the, the mm. sport is, is um, really good and really interesting. And, mm. um, yeah, you get some great stories from people. And, you do. Yeah. So, <laughs> Awesome. Well, Sam, it has been a delight to get to know you and share you with people. So thank you for being another one of my new friends. <laughs> I'm really right. enjoying Thanks this. For having me. No, thank I'm, you, Benji, for introducing us. <laughs> not a problem. No, it's been a, yeah, been a good experience. So, yeah. It's been lovely to talk with you. Don't hop off completely. Um, when I finish the recording, I'll say goodbye to you off the recording yeah. as well. But I did want to acknowledge you um, sharing some time with us and some of your stories are very inspiring. So thank you. Not a problem at all. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website 
fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.